Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Tough Love Terry podcast. As you're listening to this, I am going to be in London, Ontario, teaching an amazing workshop with my friends Aroha and Jessica Ray. We are doing a lot of good stuff on body image and all the different ways that people can be photographed. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. But in addition to that, you should know that shortly after the workshop, Aroha and I will be driving across Canada and we will be stopping along the way at different places and having a lot of fun. So you should definitely be following me on Instagram at Terry Hofford and make sure to check out my stories because that's where all the shenanigans are going to go down. And I'm very certain there will be a lot of them, including a Hanson concert that 10 year old Terry is really excited about. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, So yeah, the road trip itself will start on the 17th. So yes, make sure you're following along. Uh, If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, I'll also send out some updates through there as well. And of course, if you're part of the Beyond the Body member site, uh, you will get all the good stuff behind the scenes, photos, video, and stuff like that that shows up nowhere else. Anywho, let's get on to today's topic. Today I am interviewing my friend Miss Angie Witten. And Angie is an amazing portrait photographer in addition to a voice narrator. Yeah, a narrator. She basically narrates audiobooks. And let me tell you, where was she when I recorded the Geo Theory? Um, because she would have saved me a lot of time and effort, let me tell you. In any case, I'm really excited for you to actually listen to this conversation. We could have talked forever, essentially. Um, And originally, this conversation was meant for part of an upcoming course I'm doing called Self-Expression. But it was so good that I needed to share it with you as well. Okay, so that's it for now. I'm going to I'm going to go and then we're going to jump right into the episode because I don't want you to waste any more time and just like get into the juiciness of the conversation. All right, beautiful. So I am here today with Miss Angie, and I'm super excited for this month's topic on uh, voice for self-expression, because so many of us play it really small when it comes to using our voice or projecting, um, and especially those of us that have been socialized as women. So I'm super excited to get a few tips and tricks um, from you, Angie, on how we can kind of like embolden ourselves to speak up a bit more and like use our voice as a means of self-expression in whatever that looks like. So t- before we get into all of that, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of like what you do, why you do and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Angie. So I am a photographer and I um, have a studio near Seattle, Washington, and I am also an audiobook narrator and a singer. So uh, voice is a big part of everything that I do. My business is named Harmony Photography because harmony is like my home word for my whole life. So harmony just implies that everybody's getting along, but it also has sound involved, right? So yeah, um, yeah. so I'm a narrator, a photographer, and a singer. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. I was like, if we did your Clifton Strengths, harmony is probably in your top five. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, just even when you said like everyone's getting along and like all that good stuff, that's definitely a harmony thing for sure. That's not just like a general, not everybody wants that, believe it or not. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. See, like that's when you (laughs) tell harmony. 
<laughs> you should so, all want harmony. <laughs> so my husband actually, as a strength, has harmony. And like the funniest thing is when I, I like to debate sometimes. And so like I'll be having a, a converse, a spirited conversation with somebody because mm-hmm. I don't have harmony. And he'll like walk into the room and he'll feel that energy and he'll literally just like walk the hell out because he cannot <laughs> handle that feeling. So tell me a little bit about like, when did you first like realize that your voice was something that you could use as a form of self-expression, whether it be through like, I don't know if you did theater, but also through music or things like that. When were you kind of like, oh, this is something I kind of like? Um, about 15 years ago, I started singing in acapella groups. And when they did what's called voice placing to figure out which part I would sing, I had a lower register than any female they had heard. So I'm like a freak of nature. I can sing men's bass. I can sing super low. And I was taught that as a female bass, your job is to set the foundation of the chord. So everything rests on you and it's your job to maintain the pitch. Mm. So if people start straying away from where the notes are supposed to be, it's your job as a bass to provide the foundation. So my voice was holding everybody else's voices up. So if I didn't do my job, no pressure, Angie, no pressure (laughs) pressure at all. (laughs) So in, and then I started just realizing that, um, after breaking through previous relationships where I was kind of told to be quiet and you're too much, like if I'm too much, go find less. I just saw that on a meme a few yeah. days ago. That's like one of my favorites. So, it's like, yeah, right? it's not about us anymore, really. <laughs> yeah. So I just started exploring what does it feel like to say nice things about yourself? Mm. And I tell people in my studio, this is a safe place to say nice things about yourself. And I don't know when it became a thing that we're not supposed to but we are supposed to. (laughs) So I've really um, taken on words are important, right? Words matter and be careful what you say because you're listening. Yeah, absolutely. That's where like one of my self-defense mechanisms growing up was always self-deprecating humor because it will hurt less if I just make fun of myself first before everyone else does. But I'm like, your subconscious can't tell the difference between a joke and like not a joke. So it's just like, oh, okay, this is the truth. Right. Uh, And so that goes into your building your belief systems. And that's something I talk to people about all the time. I'm like, even as a joke, it's still really not great. And interestingly, I was listening to the radio today when I was driving um somewhere and the lady like they were talking about some guy on TikTok like he was singing on TikTok and then the host was like oh he sounds so good if I did that I would sound terrible and I was like you didn't have to have that last piece right I think a lot of times specifically again socialized as women were taught to make to in order to lift somebody else up we have to belittle ourselves in some capacity and I was just like I wonder so now I'm like keeping track of when I listen to the radio I'm gonna like just tally how often that happens when people are like saying something and then how often they downplay themselves in order to uplift someone else and Um, I I was in Italy with you last month or I guess it was June so yeah so like like five forever anyway (laughs) and I was in your class and when you talked about how you had used self-deprecating as like a humor like a defense mechanism I've started catching myself saying things because I feel like I'm very good at saying nice things about myself yeah um 
I don't ever say like, oh, I'm to this or I'm to that, or I wish I was this, but I did catch myself saying like what people were looking for a model. It's like, well, if you want a plus size grandma in your portfolio, but if you don't, I totally get it. Mm. Like, why would I say that? Yeah. I remember you coming up to me and yeah. talking to me about that. Yeah. And I think that's like, like I even now when I hear myself do it, I'm like, oh, like, why did you do that? I'm like, oh my God, I feel so embarrassed for myself. Right. Like, like nobody else knows this because that's so normal for how women socialize with each other. I think yes. that's the part. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's so like we have to apologize for things, right? We feel like like if you compliment my shirt, it's like, oh, I got it on sale for $7. So you don't think I treated myself to yeah. something nice. That's why I tell people, right? I'm like, just say thank you and choke down the rest. <laughs> no matter how uncomfortable it is, just say thank you. I know. So I've caught myself a few times because of being in your class. And I appreciate Aww. that. Yay. Action is what I like. So good on you. you get a star for that. I was Yay. like, people like, oh, that was so inspirational, but they don't actually do anything. So when I hear people are actually like applying, I'm like, oh, you're my favorite. Yes. And I'll <laughs> say something like, like the other day, my friend, he's uh, Filipino. So he's like shorter. And he kept, he was like, oh, do you have the shirt in a 2T? And I was like, don't talk about my friend like that. Oh, good. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like don't talk about my friend like that <laughs> you because like you are so like like music and sound and voice is like obviously such a an important part of your life not just work so you can probably notice the difference in people's voices when they go like so I'm I'm curious because for me I'm more focused visually so like I could see visually like a client change from you know the beginning of a shoot to the end of a shoot I see it but for you, I'm wondering if you can hear the like the voice, you know, tonal range of their voice and how it changes at the end or things like that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. I have noticed that when people are more comfortable and relaxed, their voice goes down a little bit in pitch. Okay. And it gets a little bit slower because they're not feeling like they have to um, put anything on. Right. Yeah. So, and then if they get really like, if they're nervous, if I'm, if I'm nervous to talk to Terry and, oh my gosh, I'm being interviewed by, oh my gosh, this, they get faster and it goes up a little bit and, and they just, they move like they're crackling. Like, right? yeah. Like uh, agitated almost like yeah. a little like zippy. <laughs> yeah. So they just get a little bit like, you can just see it. And then all of a, they'll, they'll just slowly like relax into it. And the pitch goes a little bit down and it slows down a little bit. And it's like, okay, we're having fun. But then also if they're having so much fun, they get really excited. So it can either be excited or relaxed or nervous, but I definitely notice little cues when I'm talking to someone, you can tell when someone's kind of done with the conversation mm. because they're, you can tell when somebody's struggling with what to say or how to get out of the conversation. Got you. See, yeah. So. Like, I don't notice that. I'm just going to keep talking to you. Like, <laughs> I was like, so if we're going over like five hours, then feel free to use that to like vacate. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. We won't be that long. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting for sure, because I think a lot of times people don't notice that that changes. And obviously that that probably has a big part to do like biologically, like when you're stressed out, like you're everything. There's tension. Essentially. Yeah, because you're like ready to go and run away from things. And so right. like everything is like a bit more. Yeah. 
Um, and so do you, knowing that, do you use your own voice as a way to help make people like you're cognizant of like, oh, they're very like up here. So I'm just going to keep it really calm and right. within this tonal range that I use for audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the book. <laughs> Well, when yeah. I was recording my audiobook, man, let me tell you, like just I know. total range is so I've done awesome. all different kinds and I have to choose based on the topic of the book. Ah. So I do that with clients. So you can you can match energy, mm -hmm. right? So you match if somebody comes in and they're really bubbly and they're just like super, oh my God, I'm so excited. This is gonna be so fun. And you're kind of like, oh, what dress do you want to wear? You know, like you get really yeah, uh, you match that. And if they're a little bit more timid, you don't want to come in hot. Yeah. So I match energy, but then if I can tell that somebody's nervous, then I match their energy and I just slowly pull back on it. Mm. So like in so hopes like, that you'll kind of bring them the bring Yeah, them so they'll down. match me. So go to where they are and then use like mirror neurons essentially yeah. to kind of Yeah, you just start it back slowly. Yeah. And like, for me, I remember once I went to a workshop and uh, they're like, okay, we're going to watch how you would normally start a shoot and then we'll give you feedback. <laughs> and so like, I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. Cause I was so nervous. <laughs> like, cause you're nervous when people are watching you, like you're never your best when uh, somebody's adjudicating your behavior. Like you are very cognizant of that person and not right there. However, I'm pretty sure that's mostly how I start most of my shoots anyways. Like, oh my God, I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> and then they were like, for somebody that's a bit more like nervous or anxious or introverted, even like that would be a lot right. uh, coming at you. So, right. uh, so you may want to consider just like feeling out, but this is why um, one of the things I started to do was create a questionnaire ahead of time for clients. So that way I can kind of get a feel whether they're introverted or not based right. on the information they share. And then that helps me know like, okay, today I'm going to have to right don't like bring that tone down and a also like letting them know that you've got them it's not their job to make sure mm. that they look okay it's your job yeah so yeah. it's it's like if you can tell that somebody's nervous and anxious like I'll just call it out like so how are we feeling we feel it a little nervous totally normal everybody does you yeah. haven't done this before but I have I got yeah. you you know like like creating trust and like this is a safe space. Yeah. Just that reiteration you know? constantly, constantly, constantly. And yeah. as somebody that's been photographed by a lot of people, that doesn't happen a lot, but that's where I'm like, well, I'm a photographer, so I don't need that as much, but like, right. but I just am very aware and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this would be a good time to check in with somebody or right. like, this would be a good time to just like see how people are feeling or whatever. So uh, that's where I always tell people to make sure you get photographed like photographers, because you need to know like what makes you uncomfortable or what would you have appreciated more of right. not to say that the person's doing it wrong or whatever. Right. It's just their way of doing it. But so you can, get feedback for your own processes and what you would like to communicate to clients, I think is important. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, um, when you were a kid, like little, little, little kid, were you always singing? Were you always like performing around the house? Like I know a lot yeah, of people that I have a star because to... I performed around the fireplace and fell. <laughs> my, um, my parents raised us in a home that was full of joy and mm -hmm. encouragement I'm very blessed in that way that I was raised in a home where um, we were encouraged to express ourselves. And one of my mom's uh, friend's husbands once said like, 
every time your girls enter the room, it's like they expect a standing ovation. And my mom said, well, they do because we give them that. So we were always encouraged to be expressive and to be ourselves and to be heard. Um, so I think they gave me a gift in that. Yeah. And I know that not everybody has that. So, so that's probably kind of what you're trying to do with your photography work as well as like giving people that opportunity to have their standing ovation moment. Yeah. I love that. People want to be given permission to be celebrated. Yeah. For like who some they people are, feel I like, think. yeah, some people are like, well, why would I want pictures of myself? Yeah. And it's like, they just need to be told that they're worthy of being in them My and favorite. that they're worthy of being seen and people want to see them and they will want to see them later. If not now, like you need that permission Sometimes. Yeah, a lot, especially, especially folks socialize as women for sure, because it's like, even when in family photos, I don't know if you ever photograph families or if you still Sometimes, do, but yeah. like previous, like definitely mom was always in the background. And to be fair, a lot of times the moms would say, oh, put me in the back because of my body. I don't want people to see my body. So I'll use the children. But photographers also do that because they're yeah. like, oh, hide her tummy with the child or put her behind a tree. Like, Jesus right so yeah. I always ask I always tell my clients I'm like how many pictures of dead people do you have on your wall right now like right Be or you're ready to put it but I like it <laughs> yeah right and I'm like and you don't think you deserve a place on your wall that's ridiculous doesn't yeah. that sound ridiculous yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah well when you put it like that it's a little silly <laughs> well and it's just like you know giving that permission or giving that encouragement like if they say like, oh, put the kids in front of me. It's like, no, mama needs to be seen. How about you let me worry about what you look like? Yeah. Because exactly. that's what I do for a living. <laughs> so like, this is my show. Thank you. Yeah. Like, why don't you trust me? Because that's why you hired me. <laughs> yeah. So was there ever a time though, between your childhood and performing and falling and getting a scar? And uh, you said like 15 years ago, you started, uh, like really started singing again and things like that. Was there ever a time in between where you second guessed your voice? Absolutely. And I sometimes still do. Mm, okay. Let's talk so about I went over to a friend's house a couple nights ago there and they're two of my best friends. Right. And they had a third person coming over who, and these are all like award-winning accomplished singers in the acapella world. Right. But, but they're also my best friends and they're like, oh, we want you to come over. Cause we want to sing. It's called singing tags. So you sing like the last two staffs of a song so you can learn a song quickly. Right. So you're getting four part okay, harmony. Cool. Anyway, that's a little behind the curtain, but <laughs> <laughs> so I started, I'm like, these are people that were in my wedding like some of my best friends. And I was like, I don't know if I'm good enough to sing tags with them, mm. like the caliber of my singing. And they're like, you're ridiculous. Of course you're good enough. Like, like we need so, your bass. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's like, like if you, like, if we were at something and you're like, Angie, come do this shoot with me, it would be like, am I good enough to shoot with Terry? Mm. There's always, you know, that, so we like, all have little... that little thing, but I'm pretty good at shutting her up. That's good. <laughs> I'm pretty good at being like, shut up. What? She wouldn't have asked you. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know what? That's literally what I had when like Sue invited me down to Phoenix for the first time or Scottsdale the first time. And like, I walked into the hotel. That's the story she tells. Like, uh, cause I was like, it smells like rich people in here. And that's my story <laughs> is that like, I'm not, I'm, I don't look like a wealthy person looks like, like that's part of my money story. Right. Right. And I remember walking in and it smelled like rich people. And I was like, <laughs> and immediately though, that flood of yeah. like, 
you you're kind of like standing out here you should probably say something like that defensiveness again to the right. like hotel person to let them know why you're here and like you know v- validate it but it wasn't for them it was for myself and I got up to my hotel room and I looked in the mirror and I literally was like you wouldn't be here if you didn't belong here and like that has become like anytime that like comes up that feeling of squidge comes up that's literally the mantra that I like I look myself in the mirror and I say it though because I if I don't look at myself it doesn't count as much but if I love that and my mantra is I accept this with gratitude oh beautiful yeah I accept this with gratitude so I used to have next time somebody compliments you that's what you say you say that to them (laughs) instead of like I got it on sale they I gratitude But like uh, when people pay me, cause I used to have money blocks that I've worked mm-hmm. through. I had guilt and shame around taking money. And every time somebody hands me a card, I don't say it out loud. Cause that would be weird. But I say, <laughs> I accept this with gratitude Beautiful. or like if an opportunity, like when you reached out to me, I read it and I was so excited. And I was like, I accept this with gratitude. Like, well, you know what's funny? Cause you came up to me in Vegas. Do you remember? You came up to me in Vegas yes. and you're like, Sue says we should know each other. And I don't know what, but I just know that we should, I'm just letting you know. And yeah. I was like, okay, like that was very forthcoming of you. Good on you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Well, and that and- was scary. Oh, right? yeah. Well, and I can tell you, your pitch definitely went up when you came to talk. <laughs> but I was like oh that's awesome yeah I'm, yeah because obviously there's no mistakes there but oh and for right. those of you that are listening that don't know who Sue is we're, oh. we're talking about Sue Bryce who's basically the Oprah of the photography world that's the way I always explain her um and she's one of my friends and is amazing at educating and basically telling you the tough stuff that you need to hear when you need to hear it and not putting up with your bullshit which is why we love her I have a fun story about when we were in Italy, oh, if I can share. Yeah. So we're sitting on like a stairwell, right? And she's kind of just pouring Sue into us. <laughs> and she was asking us what we wanted our mantras to be. And she was going to like come up with a way for us to say it where you connect like mind and heart and you say it. And I had, ironically that we're talking about this, I have struggled with, do people want to hear what I have to say? <laughs> Right? Is, yeah. So I know. Right. So it's like, I've been told to sit down and shut up a lot mm. throughout my life. Right. From teachers, from partners, from friends, whatever. So she gets to me and I say, I want my mantra to be people want to hear what I have to say. And she looks me dead in the eye. And she said, Angie, nobody wants to hear what you have to say. <laughs> and I almost, so I have really bad anxiety. Like I'm yeah. medicated, like I almost lost it because she's just dead in the eye. Yeah, and she did this contact. pregnant pause like she does. And she says, until you teach them that you have something to hear. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I almost just crumbled right in front of her. You're like, she's like, nobody wants coaster. to hear what you have to say, Angie. And I'm like, well, and you know, what's interesting. I remember when I was uh, creating my writing workshop that I do for people is like, I can't remember. I was talking to my mom, who's very much like Sue, uh, which again, I like you was very blessed with a family that was encouraging and you could do anything and da, 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 da. And yet that's still, we still end up feeling like shit. So it doesn't, right. it doesn't make you immune. Right. But um, I remember my mom saying, Terry, it's not what you have to say. It's what they need to hear. Yes. And I was like, oh, 
Eagles so it's not right. about me shoot <laughs> you know like the eagles like <laughs> right <laughs> so it's like fine yeah i guess that makes sense and so yeah so that's like along that same kind of line is like yeah like what do they need from me and like i will be in right them that way and yeah one of your ways obviously you're doing this with me right now is one of your gifts of service is communication again yeah. if you were to do strength communication is probably in your top five because <laughs> People that do have communication standardly, if they've taken Clifton Strength, more often their whole life they've been told that they talk too much. Yep. Um, and they um interject a lot and they do these things. And so they try to like push it down. But then what happens is when communication people try to like not talk, they like like it piles up and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god I've got so much to tell you let me tell you everything because I had to keep this in for so long oh my god <laughs> you can't shut us up I actually developed nodes on my vocal cords really at one point oh, and... like off pitch perfect yes nodes? so I had you to have be, nodes? Um, <laughs> I had to be on vocal rest for six weeks wow recently and so like no I couldn't talk whispering is worse oh god so I put, I had a little card that I hung around my neck, like a name badge. And it said like, I'm on vocal rest. I'm not able to talk, um, but I have this dry erase board if you need to mm -hmm. say something. And then people would say, well, what happened? And on the other side, it had like a diagram of the vocal cords. So I didn't want to have surgery on my vocal cords because I'm a singer and that's dangerous. So um, part of that story is I was married to my ex-husband at the time. And he was like, best six weeks of our marriage. Like that was the best anniversary gift she could have gotten me. Aww. So it was like, okay, he wants me to be quiet. And that's not who I am. And that like, yeah, then you shrink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it just dims your joy. Yeah. And why would you want to dim someone? Ugh. Shouldn't we all want to be bright? So it was really hard not talking. And like, oh my God. I'm chatty Kathy. I just yeah. got diagnosed with ADHD like three mm. months ago. And I'm like, where have you been all my life? Like you're like that tracks. <laughs> that totally tracks. Nobody was surprised. <laughs> but it's like it kind of explains a little bit of like the interrupting or getting so excited you have to well, let it just, out. It's that. It's that. It's that. I'm just so excited. Or if I don't say this, I'm definitely going to forget it and never come back to this <laughs> because right. I'll be over here by that point. <laughs> right. So when, when that happened though, so after your partner at the time said that to you and said like, like, did you then after you had your six weeks of rest and then you were obviously able to start talking again, was that always kind of lingering in the back of your mind? Like, oh, I should maybe not say so much. Yep. And actually, do you know, um, do you watch Stranger Things? No. Okay, so Did Millie I? Bobby Brown, well, it's kind of creepy, but like, anyways, one of the actresses, Millie Bobby Brown, she's like the one that plays the, like, you've probably seen the character, like the bald head and like the yeah. waffles. Yeah. And the nosebleed. Yeah. Her. Uh, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, previously, when she first started doing interviews, she was so excitable all the time, like always talking, always talking. And they told her she talked too much. And now when you watch her in interviews, she just looks so apathetic. Like she literally like is fidgeting and anxious because she probably wants something to say, but she's been taught and told to like, no, mm -hmm. this is not what you do. Um, and I always wonder like if she was a boy, would they have done that? Like, right. right. Would they have been like, no, yeah, get excited. Talk all you want. 
um but because like that's not how women should behave because they're always interrupting like like they do focus groups on people that's so stupid you know yeah, what i mean it's, like i don't know i don't like that we're categorized for certain characteristics based on our gender yeah that just doesn't or even- by anything based on our body based on our color based on our anything i don't like categorization yeah period no and so. the thing is it just like ends up making every like the, like everybody unhappy yeah right because it's like the people that are angry at you for stepping outside of whatever that box is are more so like jealous or afraid right if you can be out there then why can't i and then that puts the responsibility on them to be like oh i could do that but that's terrifying so i'll react with fear and like anger instead of like oh my god because you're doing it i also can do it right Um, and And ironically when that relationship dissolved he said it was because he thought when we first got together that by being with someone or near someone that had joy, it would make him joyful. Oh God. And he realized that that didn't work. And I was like, wow, I could have saved us a lot of time. I knew that. You're like, so, it's not like, yeah, pouring into yeah. a cup that way. It's like- yeah. So my husband that I have now is encouraging and uplifting and he lets me be me like, love it. And, and it's not let's, that's not the right word. Like no, he, but he just doesn't. He celebrates it. who I am instead yeah. of let, like, I don't have to ask permission. I've and, always had to ask permission before. And I think too, that's where like, cause I, similar to you, I had like a not so great relationship where I would like, he always questioned my achievements and like, why can't you just be happy? And why aren't you like, and I was like, oh yeah, something must be wrong with me. Mm. And then I was like, no, I don't like being here anymore. So then I broke up with him and was like, bye. But then my current husband, I current, like I'm going to get rid of Oh my gosh, I say that too. And it makes it sound like it's maybe temporary. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, everything is possible. You say your ex-husband and then you say, well, my current husband yeah the one that i have final. now but that could my change. final yeah. husband this one um <laughs> that's a like for him though i remember one time he said he's like because i was like what do i bring to the table you know sometimes you just need somebody to tell you so sure. i was like what what do what do i give you and he's like you give me space to be myself because you are so much yourself and that was like really beautiful that he had been waiting like it's unfortunate he had to wait 27 years before somebody gave him space to be himself but like for and that's what kind of emboldened me even more to live the way that i am and be loud and noisy and messy and cluttery and And all the things well just who i am it's not like you're perfectly you being like i i don't even like that phrase imperfect because it's like no because because imperfect assumes that there is perfection and that also isn't a thing right i'm like it just is yeah no i said perfectly you like nobody can be terry better than you can be correct and i feel like from what i've seen of you you are authentically being who you are and you know what's funny about that i like at some point i think that became my defense mechanism because I'm like, if I can just be who I am, I will very quickly know who is not for this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, I do. But, I'm, but it is. it comes back to that mantra that you said at the very beginning of like, if you want less, or, or what was it? 
if, uh, you, if I'm too much, go find less. Yeah, that it is that essentially. Like if somebody's like, "Oh, you're too much for me." Okay, then that's cool. There's other tables to go sit at that are not this. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's like the defense now is more of a confident, self-assured base as opposed to a self-deprecating. I need right. to make myself small in order to make sure they like me or um, to make them feel better or things like that, or to make them feel comfortable. Like I, some of there was one of your Instagram posts a couple months ago where you were like, I can't remember exactly what it said. And I don't want to misquote, but it yeah. said something to the effect of, if my stomach makes you uncomfortable, that has everything to do with you and nothing to do with me because you don't even know me. Yeah. So if it's a, I'm unhealthy thing, you don't know if I like smoke or yeah. <laughs> like, we're you know, all like, unhealthy. Like literally yeah. 99% of people have depression. Like yeah. literally everybody's unhealthy at this point yes. because our society's fucked. So like, yeah. So when you so said that, that I was like, yes, why does, why do I have to hide what I think might make somebody else uncomfortable when my husband is perfectly fine with it? He is literally the only human on the planet that needs to find me sexy. Right. Well, and I thought you had naked sexy. in Italy and I found you sexy. So just well, thank you. I find you sexy too. <laughs> But it's like, why do I worry what other people will think? Yeah. You know, and during that shoot, I, in Italy that you did, I was way past my comfort zone doing just pasties because I had lost the nude colored bra yeah. and I'm like, what am I doing? And then I was like, well, <laughs> that's what we're here for. It's happening. you must have self-assurance really high as well as a strength like i'm trying to figure out your strengths while we're talking but i'm pretty yeah, sure what is the name of it you said a clifton uh clifton strengths yeah i like okay. tell everyone i'm like take it and then tell me what you got because it's fun okay. that we can talk about it but definitely self-assurance because i always tell like people that have self because i have that that's why i can recognize it it's like I am petrified, but I also know that I need to do this thing. Or like, um, somebody's like, Hey, we need a volunteer. And my hand goes up before my yes. brain has a moment to be like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, what the fuck did I disagree to? Oh my God. I, like, I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. I'll rise I always to the say, challenge. That sounds terrifying. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Comfort zone. That's where we grow is outside that comfort zone. You don't grow inside there yeah you don't dip your so you just keep dipping out so sue was right when she was like you guys need to know each other <laughs> <laughs> she, the more she, i get to know you I'm rarely like, wrong let's be honest true. like even though you don't want it to be right sometimes like about certain things you're like no maybe that's not it and then you're like fuck yeah what she said was right right <laughs> well and then i'm sitting there like even though i'm comfortable in my skin mostly I'm like, am I the biggest person in this thing in Italy? Right. Mm -hmm. And why am I wearing pasties and somebody else is fully, you know, so you just start going through this comparison and I'm like, that's not what we're here for, Angie. Yeah. So See, I take the talk back. So I, I read a book once called a soprano on her head. Yeah. And it's, it's about stage fright oh, Okay. and how to overcome stage fright. And she talks about how you have like little judges on your shoulder that have it's like your internal voice and she turns them into like little caricatures oh. so she will pluck them off when she hears it in her head she plucks them off and she makes them really tiny and they look like little judges they have like long <laughs> pointy noses and little eyeglasses and the big curls and they have robes and since they're tall they're squeaky so they're like you're too big to be in this photo and it's like <laughs> you just like flick them away flick them away so it's that. like this 
this visualization that anytime I get really in my head, I just pluck those judges off. Like you're not invited here because you can't take them seriously. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. When it's this small. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can identify whose voice it is. Like that's my biggest question is who told you that? Yeah. Right. Cause it's like all the things we think aren't our thoughts to begin with. Right. It's everything that's been taught to us by somebody else. And we just continue to perpetuate it until we get more information or decide that's not, this isn't doing it for me. (laughs) Like my biggest question Mm -hmm. is always asking people like, uh, what is the outcome that you want? Like who, like what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be somebody that is outspoken or Mm -hmm. stands up for themselves instead of thinking, oh, well, when I get confident in my voice, then I'll do that. Instead, ask yourself, what would somebody who is outspoken or stands up for themselves, what would they do? Right. Um, And then channel it backwards instead. It's more of a verb than a, when I get this thing, then I can do the thing. Yes. If this, then that. Yeah. And we see that with like photography. You probably see it with singing the same kind of thing. Well, we'll just, if I practice just a bit more, then I can do the thing. Right. Right. Like you said, when you got invited to that group, uh, like even though your friends and all the stuff at like, how much more practice would you have had to do to like in your head? Do you know what I mean? To like, yeah. And they're worthy of being there with them and all that bullshit. Yeah. And then we had a great time and I just wasn't worried about it. And I was, and it was like, it made my little singer heart happy to ring those chords with them and be like, I'm sitting at a dining room table with some of the best people in this genre of music. Yeah. Just like eating chocolate chip cookies and singing. And like, this makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, Like I'm enjoying this instead of like, do I deserve to be here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like that it's always harder before you get there is always For the same. Sure. Like your brain is like here's everything that could go wrong with you being <laughs> there and so right. as long as you're just like keep flicking those things off yeah <laughs> then you then once you're there it's like oh this wasn't as like we see that with clients all the time when they come in for photo shoots right, right. they're like oh that wasn't as hard as i thought it was gonna right. be in fact it was really fun and awesome uh, oh that was actually fun it's yeah like, well, did you think i was gonna torture you yeah i'm like that's in the dungeon downstairs yeah uh, <laughs> that's an upcharge <laughs> exactly i'm like that's a different session um right. but, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I'm in a networking group that has like 500 businesses and uh, we meet twice a week and the owners right now, they're travel agents and the owners are in Europe. So when they're gone, I run the meeting. Mm. So I'm speaking in front of all of these people. And um, that used to be just terrifying to me, but now I'm like, well, at least I'm not singing. Cause it's not, you know, I don't have to remember the notes of the words. <laughs> I used to be really, I couldn't talk in front of 10 people before. And now I can talk in front of a thousand so it's interesting to me. I tell people when they join that my advice, cause they're like, how are you so good at this? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who you are in here. And I say, be memorable in a good way. Yeah. Yes. So like, w- cause you know, we have tables of eight people and everybody gets three minutes to talk. And when somebody goes home, you want them to remember Angie was sitting at your table and she's a photographer, mm. right? Yeah. So how do you make sure that you, Justin, the insurance agent, how do you make sure that they remember that you were at the table and that you do insurance? Mm. So we ha- have our voice to do that yeah. and our persona and our, um, you know, like people know my blue hair. It looks green in this camera, which is weird. It's blue actually, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it's like be memorable in a good way. Mm-hmm. So 
I choose to use my voice to do that whether so it's you, yeah so what do you do then like if it's kind of like when you do it naturally it's really hard to break down like what specifically it is but if you were to break it down kind of like how do you do that is it some is it certain words that you use that'll be like oh yeah they'll definitely remember this. yeah well I'll say something like I'll start it with um I want to go around the table everybody tell me your favorite flavor of ice cream mm. right and they're like what does that have to do with anything it's like icebreaker <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll say like, I'll say something like, think of the favorite picture that you have of yourself. Like everybody has a favorite picture, right? Like whether you were a child or it's a wedding photo or it's recent, think of that photo and think of who you were with in that picture and think of how you felt the moment that this happened, or Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a cell phone, right? The way that you feel the moment an image is taken is subconsciously ingrained in your mind. So if somebody shows up to my studio, like let's say it's a couple and they got in an argument on the way here, then every time they see that image, their subconscious will remind them of that argument and they're not going to like it. Mm -mm. So my job as a photographer is to make sure you leave all of that at the door. So we go through, you know, I've started using what you taught at the workshop about like going through your body and touching your body and feeling, you know, as, as one with it. And then, you know, I distract, I do a lot of like, I'm very Peter Hurley in my prompts. Like (laughs) I'm ridiculous. Like you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. Like that's what I always say. I'm like, uh, I always joke. I'm like the Lord works through me in mysterious ways. I'm (laughs) not to be held accountable. I'm like, and I'm not even religious. So, (laughs) but I'll say something like, look at me. Like I just ate the last Trisket. What? (laughs) So I make them forget because I distract and I create an environment here. I also set the content and the context of the room Mm. with abundance. So Mm. I bring abundance into my studio every day. When I come in, I walk in with the intention of abundance, whether that's emotionally or financially or whatever, there's just abundance here. There's growth. This Mm. space produces growth. I love that. And like when they come in, I, you know, again, you can see where somebody's at. Yeah. And it's like, you distract them from what's happening and you recreate like, it look so- over here I'm the crazy <laughs> woman, <I'm> like- <laughs> That's what I was, my dad used to do that all the time he'd be like you're looking over here you're looking over here and then he'd like slap you jokingly <laughs> with the other hand he's like you always got to watch for the left <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so I'll tell them like my job is to make sure that when I do this you're happy and you feel safe mm right? So I'm going to make sure that your experience with me is a good one. So when you look back at that, it's going to be something that you think of fondly. Yeah. And I think that's like such an important piece to photography that uh, a lot of we, and that is something I talked about when we were in Italy, of course, is like, letting people know like yeah whatever you want to see in those photos is exactly what you're gonna see so like letting them like build the context and that's one of the things that I get people to do is bring a photo to my studio that you have a hard time and let's see the context that surrounded that photo because it probably isn't the photo at all it's what happened before or around or that point of your life and you're just making it mean that photo or your body mean something more than what it actually does right 
Yeah. So when you like, what advice would you give somebody that does want to like, if they're, I would assume it'd be similar to stage stage fright, right? When you're like nervous and you go on stage, but if you're not aware that that's what's happening, when you get on stage, you're going to be a little squeaky, a little like, ah, because like everything's constricting because you're nervous. What would you, what advice would you give people to do before, not necessarily going up on stage to speak, but if they're just nervous to call, like, because people are nervous to call on the phone even and use their voice just to call people to order pizza or whatever so like what is some advice you can give to kind of like calm them down to kind of like make sure that they can use their voice in a way that gets the outcome that they want sure um so your brain can't tell the difference between nervous and excited so if you keep saying i'm oh my gosh i'm so excited to do this and if you like if it's something where you're speaking on stage um stage fright uh, manifests the same way that like being out of breath. Mm. So I was taught if I like run in place for two minutes and then I try to sing the line, mm. can I still hold the tone out of breath? Because you're, it's the same physical reaction mm-hmm. where you're shaking, you're a little bit red, you're maybe sweating, you can't get your, your breath, breath so. Is short. Yeah. So practice doing it a little bit out of breath and then you'll get more comfortable with it. Mm. Deep um, belly breaths, not like not up here. Like you don't want to see your chest. You want it to be the, we say, <laughs> ironically, we say the most unflattering breath you can take where it's just, <laughs> I, like, I like that you, you caught it. Like, Oh that, no, no, but that's funny because, yeah. because that's why, but that's also why women hold their breath. Like we're all shallow breathers is because we're so afraid to expand our belly yeah. that it might look big. Right. Which is, what we've been taught is unflattering. Yeah. But like, but you get the, you get the most core, you get the most air mm-hmm. and you can like meter it out, you know, like breathe in to four, hold for four, release for four. Mm-hmm. And then you can do it for eight or you can do eight, six, four. Also, this you- works really well when you go get your blood pressure checked. Just a heads up. I'm not joking because like a lot, like a lot of times people's blood pressure is always a little bit higher when they get it checked because they're nervous. If you're somebody that exists in a larger body going to the doctor, your anxiety is even higher. Um, Mm -hmm. And they usually use a smaller cuff. So by like working on your breathing while they're taking your blood pressure, it actually will give them a more accurate reading of what your actual blood pressure is, as opposed to what it will look like. I'm like, I don't want to give them more evidence that like fat bodies have high blood pressure or whatever. So I'm like, if I can help like stabilize this data, yes. then I'm going to do everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, and if you have a place where you can scream mm. that releases tension. So our body builds up tension like a bucket. And sometimes I just learned this recently, sometimes an anxiety attack or a panic attack is because that bucket hasn't been emptied. Ah. So there are different ways to empty the bucket of tension and it's, um, laughing, yelling, um, dancing sex. Like there's all sorts of ways for your body to release all that tension. Mm. So I will just, I'll tense everything up and just, like really loud not I mean I'm not gonna do it that loud here so one time I did that in my car because I was like I don't think I've ever because anger and like sadness are two emotions that I learned early on that are not for me like I I was told to 
no i'm i'm the i assumed it i shouldn't say i was told i'm sure if i was angry i would have been fine but like my brain was like oh no you're the good kid and good girls don't scream and they don't yell and they don't cause a fuss right so i just like pushed that all the down but then the last like few years i was like i don't know the last time i screamed that wasn't like sports related Right. Where I like punch somebody or something for fun. <laughs> uh, you know, like where you're like, yeah, like martial yeah. arts. But even that felt really uncomfortable. But yeah. I see this with clients in breathing. Like they're afraid to make a sound with their breath. Um, and so I was driving by myself and I'm like, I'm just going to scream while I'm driving. I don't recommend this uh, because yeah, I pull over so loud. I scared the shit out of myself. Like it was so loud. <laughs> I literally was like, oh God. <laughs> So well, in the screen doesn't have to be thing. anger or sadness. It's just, if you consider it, Stress. it's to empty the bucket of tension because your body it's, it's literally, it fills up. And if it doesn't find a way to release it, it'll manifest as a panic attack. Mm -hmm. So if you force yourself to release it, cause I have anxiety and mm -hmm. I can tell when it's bubbling up and I'm getting close so, oh, I better empty that bucket. So yeah. tensing every single muscle in your body to, and holding your breath till you almost feel like you're literally about to pass out and then take some big, deep belly breaths Yeah, and then do a little bit of a like, ah! scream. but yeah. it's not a, it, it's not like a, I'm mad or it's just like, it's just emptying that bucket. Get in and out. It's yeah. a release, yeah. right? So, um. I think that that's a powerful way to get somebody to reset themselves if they're about to do something that makes them nervous. Yeah, I think those are really great tips for sure. And definitely the breathing one is one that I've adopted for myself and then changing the um, changing from the I'm nervous. Oh, this is scary to like, oh, no, that we're just excited. This is what excitement feels like. Aren't you so right. excited to go out and speak to all these people and like share this information with them and like whatever yeah. and kind of like has helped me like now I love speaking but uh like when I remember when I got to WPPI that was going to be which is for those of you listening that maybe aren't familiar is like a wedding portrait photographer international I don't know it's like a big conference that happens in Vegas and this was my first year going to be speaking on the stage so I was like oh this is a big deal um and I remember like oh god oh god but then I got up on stage and I was like oh this is just like talking to people in the living room yeah like, that's like I literally did you see how when you did that it. did you notice in yourself you went oh god oh god it, it was all here yeah you carried that all right here yeah so you yeah even just replicating it you you did yeah, it's like, like shallow so breath short and and that's the thing but yeah when it comes to like sound or things like that like when I think of my clients when I teach them because I do obviously more boudoir style stuff so a lot of like sexy breathing wow. right but I'm always like, okay, you're going to like breathe in and breathe out like, and it makes that sound. Yeah. And so many clients don't like it. Like, they're like, this is very uncomfortable. Like, this makes me uncomfortable. And I'm right. like, let's talk about that. But it's because they're not used to being okay to have sounds come out of their body. Right. Like, like, I'm like, you're uncomfortable breathing? <laughs> Oh my God. Like we have work to do. I used to do a thing where I was like, oh gosh, this is years ago when I first started boudoir where I would say, okay, I want you to close your eyes and imagine that a loaf of French bread just came out of the oven. God, it smells so good. Right. So good. So I want you to imagine that bread. It's like sourdough. 
And I want you to imagine that I'm breaking it in front of your face. And I want you to, with your eyes closed, just go, mm. <laughs> but you have to do it just like that. You've got to, even if you're like gluten-free, you got it. Like I need the, mm. they were so uncomfortable with it. Right. They're like, well, that's like, that sounds weird. I'm like, it's just you and me. Nobody can hear it. It's so intimate. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, and I'm like, no, it's like, have you, the people that do yoga are fine because they usually learn how to breathe through their, their diaphragm in yoga. Um, and then actresses as well, I find are fine, but, uh, anybody else. Yeah. They're so, um, I was like, you don't even give yourself permission to breathe deeply. Yeah. That's really unfortunate. And so that's where I think that's why too like when we go ask for things if you don't know how to control your breath you're not going to be able to ask for what you want with confidence right and did you find that because you said you had a bit of a money story too so when you used to ask, like you'd probably be fine during the photo shoot super great super ah, amazing like loud confident yeah and then it comes to the sales session and then would you be like it's gonna be like uh it's like nine hundred dollars like i would feel like i was gonna throw up but would your like voice my mouth, like? Yeah, my voice would go, my mouth would go dry. Yeah. And I would feel guilt and I couldn't make eye contact. It seemed to be that $1,500 was right where I felt sick. Mm. Like I felt guilty. And I figured out later it's because that's what my mortgage is. Huh? So I was asking for like my, what I pay for Them my house. Them to pay for your house. Yeah. yeah. So now because I've broken through all of those, I'll be like, that's $3,900 and 72 cents. How would you like to pay for that? And you maintain eye contact and, you know, you just breathe and you make sure that they know that you're comfortable saying it. Cause you're, if you're uncomfortable, they're going to feel that. And And they're like, is she not sure that it should be this much? (laughs) I was like, okay, well maybe I can get a discount. And then I'm like, yes, you most definitely here's a discount because I don't want to sit here any longer than I (laughs) I used to, I used to be like, well, that's like, $500, $500, but I could totally do it for 300. Like, is like not even giving them a chance to be <laughs> like, not even giving them a chance to ask for the discount. My <laughs> husband heard me once do it. Cause he was in the other office. He was at my studio with me. And when they left, he was like, why did you give them a discount? They didn't even ask for it. <laughs> and I'm like, did I? And he's like, yeah, you said it's this much, but you could do it for half. Like, was there a reason? And I'm like, Oh, I guess I do that. I don't do that anymore. Above my desk, I literally put a sign that says, is it good for the business or good for the ego? Because I realized in my effort to be nice, I could get them to like me more. Yes. And I was like, son of a bitch. That's not about (laughs) that. That's for me. Yeah. And I was like, because one year, because I also am very like only forward moving. I don't like to look at what has happened. So at the end of the year, when it's tax time, I realized I'd given away discounts uh worth sixty thousand dollars wow and i was like that's not a business that's <laughs> and so i was charity. like yeah i'm like we need to figure out what the hell that was about um which is when i realized yeah like i like why did i feel the need like you to jump in and offer a discount when they didn't even ask for one because like we're people pleasers and we felt guilty about it and we didn't yeah. want them to not like us yeah and then it'd be alone and then i would die my brain uh, (laughs) that's why i always tell everyone it always boils down to you're gonna be alone then you're gonna die so 
that's what your brain says for you but yeah so now i have that sign so i just read it over and over and over again while they're still sitting there like maybe not saying anything right. and i'm just like don't do it don't do it don't do it don't do but, it yeah, but I remember hearing somebody else, uh, they had rented my studio for their own kind of like, I think it was just like a talk on something, but then they were going to upsell to like a workshop afterwards. And she was fine, confident during the entire presentation. And then I was behind like a curtain kind of. And I, at the end, she was like, and then you could come to this thing, but it's like $99. But I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. And it was, I was <laughs> like, permission. you were doing so good. And then it just went, and so like i was like did anybody sign up so i told her like i told her afterwards i was like just so you know like i don't know if you notice that this is what happens when you get to this point your presentation that you tend your confidence tends to go away so that might be something you want to look into might be something to look at somebody that also does that uh you may (laughs) want to look into that a bit but one of the things i do for one of the other courses i teach is i actually make every student say I say what is the number that like scares you but like is possible like your $1,500 right Right. it is possible but it still is kind of like oh um and I make everyone go around like multiple times we do this about week four and there's 12 weeks so starting week four and then every week I ask them so what oh hi I'm just here to get a book a photo shoot like what is your highest collection and then they have to say it's four thousand dollars and I'm like oh did you feel it what does it feel like in your body when you said right. that I was like I need you to practice it so um so it doesn't feel like that when you and when they realize to- nobody's gonna punch them yeah. when they say that number and nobody has be yet yelled at me or punched me or said <laughs> you're a terrible person like some people, they say that's not within my price range. It's like, okay, let me know if I can help you in the future. But nobody has said, you are an awful person, Angie. You are a terrible person for charging that. And if, and even no. if they did, and even if yeah. they did, you need to have enough confidence in yourself to know that that's not true. Well, if they're like, who do you think you are? I'm Angie Witten and I'm an award-winning photographer and yeah. I'm worth every fucking penny. I'm like, actually, you're getting a deal. Right. <laughs> And it's no accident, Terry, that now my smallest package is sixteen hundred. Amazing, yeah, so it's like right over the threshold. Above it, yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, and it's just so wild. But I think that's where, like, we when we think about voice as a form of self-expression, I mm-hmm. think we don't realize how it gets in our way um, when it comes to asking for things that not only do we want but that we deserve. Um, even if people that do end up watching this that maybe have a corporate job or whatever, they need to ask for a raise, they need to go in and ask yeah. for things like to be able to do that with that confidence, even though you're shit scared to still go in because worst case scenario, they say no, you're yeah. just right where you started. Like, yeah, worst not, case, not like, you have to be your own advocate. Yeah right? There's nobody that's going to go into your boss and ask for the raise for you. Your mom's not going to do it whether no. or not you want that. Well, like, please don't your send mom your mom in. Don't, that's, don't that's be that weird. person. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's also, like you said, it's good to know when to not use your voice. Mm. Or to you recognize, know? yeah, to recognize when am I using it as a form of defense or comfort for myself that's not actually helping me or the other person. Right. It's getting in the way of that. And just like it, that's why I say with everything, it's like it's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Like it's a strength to be able to talk a lot, but also it can also get you in trouble sometimes. <laughs> uh, or, yes. you know, yeah. 
or when you're in the movie theater and asking questions about the movie like people don't like that so don't people don't like that then stop going to the movies and do it at home you know like (laughs) figure out a different way (laughs) but i think using them for good and for like for when to say something and when not to and just be really aware of the words that you use yeah uh for yourself and for other people um, I'm lucky enough that two of my grandsons live with us, my son and his wife and two of the grandbabies live with us. And I have a mantra that I tell the boys every day. So the oldest one is I love you and I'm proud of you. And I believe in you. Aww. And now we have a new baby. Uh, he's three months. So his is, I love you. And I celebrate you and I trust you. Oh, so yeah. every single day I say those. And now the three-year-old, when I do it this morning, when I said it, he said, I believe in you, Oma. So oh. It's like, were you like, <laughs> I know, I'm like, my heart. It's like, let me just record that, do it again. <laughs> yeah, it's, but he's hearing every single day, I love you and I'm proud of you and I believe yeah. in you every and day. I, and I think that's, that is really important, especially when we, like, even if you're not saying it directly to a child or mm-hmm. whatever, but you are saying it vocally out loud to yourself, they inevitably are going to hear it and understand that that is the thought to have, right? Just like we talked about earlier that the thoughts that you have were not yours to begin with. Somebody taught that to you. And it may not have been directly like you need to believe this, but rather it was probably you overheard them saying something or experiencing something. And that is what went into your subconscious. So you have that same power with little humans. And it's so, 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 so important. And yourself. You can say nice things to yourself. Like I accept this as grat, accept this with gratitude. Or when I leave my studio, I say, I'm so proud of myself because I built this on my own. Every time I leave, I say that. So just the words matter. You know, what's Use funny. I literally was like laying on my couch last night. Like this room gets really cool at nighttime. Cause there's like sparkle lights and like, it's warm. I love the tapestry by the way. <laughs> It covers up my messy closet, but uh, there is a door, but it's ugly and brown. So I don't want to, but I was like laying there last night and I was just like, I wonder like 10 year old me would just be like, holy shit, you're cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like what a cool experience, like human experience. I don't know. I just always think of things like that. Like our lives don't suck, Terry. No, our lives are awesome. But to be fair, we've also had to make a lot of decisions along the way to make sure that that is true. Like, yeah, yeah there's still hard. Don't don't get us wrong. There's still some hard shit that we have to sure. experience and go through. It's life. This is you're not. All, this is the one thing like people think, but just enough like self-help books and maybe I'll get off the human condition. Right. And it's like, it'll no. fix it. <laughs> yeah, It's like, no, you're still going to have heartache. You're still going to get sad. You're still going to have grief. You're still going to be angry, all these things. But instead you learn how to deal Control with them it. or how to, how to honor them or how it, to I think is yeah. the biggest thing like and that's why I just wrote something the other day about like every emotion is just a wave like just let it come crash yeah. and, then move, and then let the next one come crash and move and everything is temporary and none of them are staying forever unless you let it right like unless you make it stay and say oh this is who I am yeah I think it was something like you're not you are not your experiences essentially you like, so wise I, I just listen to a lot of good stuff. I think I know, it. but you're my able brain to is like concretize it, right? right? Nice. Yeah. You're very wise. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Except for when it comes to recording my audiobook, which I had to do three times because I didn't have an Angie to help me do it right the first time. 
uh yeah also i didn't read the instructions let's be clear uh i am not an instruction this happened yesterday i had to build a shelf and i built it i got to the end and was like why why don't these pieces fit and i realized i put it together backwards because i did not look at the tiny instructions i was very right we're supposed to be friends (laughs) so you can pick up my like take care of my shit for me but but uh yeah so is there anything else you would um what would you suggest to people to kind of start delving into using their voice as a form of self-expression because there's probably people that will watch this or participate in this course or whatever that want to explore like they probably used to sing all the time and somebody said oh you've got a terrible voice it shouldn't matter if your voice is not good if you if singing feels good does it make you happy yeah right does it how do you what makes you want to do it and why why does somebody else get to decide if you get to create that joy for yourself and i also think like you have permission to do everything that you want i think there's also the piece of it like why do we think we have to be professional at everything that we do yeah like because that that was my thing with everything it's like oh no i i'm not doing that i'm not going to do that because i'm not going to be good enough at it that's, do you know what i mean so and it's funny this ties to language i was going to mexico for a photo shoot a couple months ago right before we did italy and my husband speaks spanish so anytime we go he's the talker but i speak some spanish and he was driving me to the airport and he said I'm going to encourage you to just try because you're never going to get good at Spanish until you get bad at it. Yes. So until you say it wrong and somebody corrects you, you're not going to just walk into Mexico one day and be fluent having never spoken to someone. Yeah. This is how we get better. So when we start photography, we don't start taking award winning winning images. We have to take some shitty ones first, right? Oh, trust. I posted. Oh, you saw the ones I posted. <laughs> I did. I loved it. I did want to slap your hand about how you're talking about yourself, but <laughs> that was old Terry. It was I just know. funny because I was like, what was I thinking, man? You know, like when you start something, you're like, yeah, when you start something, you know, you want to be good at. I think that's the, diff- the difference. Like with photography, right. I was like, I think I, I have a skill here right yeah. as opposed to like singing I know I don't want to be a singer right or I've never desired that but I like singing for fun does that make right sense? well and yeah. that, isn't there something about like the levels of awareness like you're bad at it and you don't know or you're mm. good at it and you know or you're good at it and you don't know or you're bad at it and you know you know like there's all these different yeah, the different like ways of being tears. yeah yeah so each one of those places needs to be sat in for a minute Mm-hmm. Or you can't go to the next one. Yeah. Like you're not going to grow until you do the thing. So I start, I stopped telling myself, cause I used to say what your husband said, like you have to be bad at it first, but then I was like, the brain doesn't like that because it'll hear bad, especially right. if it's been conditioned to be good. It's like, nope, just, you can say that all you want, but we're not doing it because I don't want to be bad because I am a good person. Right. So I started saying I'm inexperienced. I like that because then the brain's like, oh, well, obviously the only way to get better is to get more experience, right? Right. Or to get more experience is to get more experience. So that was when it came to using my strobe light because I used to always be like self-deprecating about my ability to use a strobe. Oh, I'm just not technical. It's like, yeah, but have I even fucking tried? Like, no. (laughs) And like, 
I took maybe one tutorial and was frustrated. So I stopped and like, right. I was like, no, give yourself a hundred times and yes. get the experience and then decide you can sell your equipment after a hundred. And I have found by setting a limit on it, that helps me do the thing and get through that rough part of learning uh, outside the comfort zone yeah of like learning and growing and being okay that it's not as good as it could be right potential <laughs> or just recognizing that this is just what I like to do right now and I'm not I don't want to do it again in three months because yeah <laughs> well and I would say if somebody wants to do something do it like give yourself permission to try the things that you want to try and you can decide later if you want to keep doing it or not yeah. But there's like, I think it was Russell Wilson Seahawks that said like, why not us? Mm. Like, why not me? Why can't I be the one that goes to Italy? Why not me? I, so other people are going. So why can't I be one of those people? Yeah. And I think that's a really, that's a really great way to think of it because a lot of people were like, well, people with my body don't da da da, right? Like as far as the body image side of it is, or yeah. people my age don't da da da. And it's like, have you looked? Yeah. Like actively look to find, because I'm certain you are not the first person to do that thing with the body that you have, with the age that you are. Like there's at least one other person in the world. I guarantee. Right. right. Um, and now we have the internet that you can actually find these look, people. You can use a Google machine. Yeah. Use the old Google friend uh, to figure it out. But I think that's a really important piece is that like give yourself permission to just try it. Yeah. And it's not as comfortable the first time right. trust that the next time you want to do it but I think like especially when it comes to people that like were like when they were little loved to sing and loved to perform theater loved to be on stage loved all that but then somebody said oh you're too dramatic or you talk too much or whatever or they auditioned once and somebody maybe gave them terrible feedback about like oh no you're never going to make it so why are you even here you're wasting our time and so that yeah. becomes a core memory so they're like i'm never doing this ever again but like one person but how many people would love to hear you or see you right right and how much and how much yeah how much of your life is how much of your joy is missing yeah what one person that you'll probably never see again yeah said well, like, like I, I sang in church choir in my early twenties and I was told uh, he put me in soprano because he needed sopranos. I'm not a soprano voice. I was like, you so just you're like the he was like, Oh, you can't do solos. You have a terrible voice. Like, Oh, you're not good enough to do the praise band. You're not good enough for this. Like, yeah. Oh, nobody wants to hear just Angie. Oh. Like, so I believe that. Right. So then when I dipped my toe back in, like, I'm going to start maybe trying to sing. Cause I really liked that. And I got placed as a bass. And then all of a sudden I'm getting all this recognition and like, Oh my gosh, you're the best bass ever. And you know, all this stuff it's, I went back and I saw him, the, the same choir director. And I was like, yeah, so I'm singing. And it pissed me off a little bit that he was like, really like <laughs> surprise. And I was like, yeah, fun fact. I'm a bass. I was like, so, so really it was more of a directorial choice that was, yeah. So not, he, not... he put me in, in soprano because he needed sopranos yeah. and then told me I wasn't good enough. And had I kept latched onto that, yeah. I never would have found my joy as a base. Yeah. But I decided like, well, maybe I want to try it again because I liked it. Even if I'm bad. Yeah. I liked it. 
So yeah. then when I found out I was a base and that was where my tessitura was and my home base was, yeah. it's like, I listened to him and he had nothing to do with like, he was putting me in the wrong space. Yeah. That was his fault. That was yeah. Not, yeah. So I listened to him for a decade and then thank God I stopped Yeah, because he was wrong. So that person you're listening to might just be you're in the wrong box wrong. and you know? the, the moral of the story though is like if it brings you joy and you are as tone deaf as a camel it's fine yeah still sing loudly yes. that is a form of release it is we talk about it. empty that bucket a form of tension release Absolutely. yeah let it out your body literally craves that so just like let it go and don't don't feel that you need to drink to make that happen. I think that's no. the thing too, is like so many people are like, well, karaoke will be my time, but I need to drink to get up on stage and do it. It's like- If you need seven shots of tequila to get up there, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> try doing it without it and just see what happens, you know? Because yeah. it definitely sounds worse when right. you're drinking, if I'm not. It's true. I'm like, I don't know when I've ever been to karaoke, if I'm being honest, but- <laughs> But yeah, I just think that's really important. Well, awesome. I won't keep you too much longer, Angie, but this has been a delightful conversation. Yes. And I might just put this on the podcast. Never mind for the, I'll put it in the course too. But like, I think it was a good podcast. Like, I think it'll totally. make for the podcast yeah. because you do have a voice for radio. So oh, have thank you. Ever you. And I have a face for pictures, a voice for radio and a face for pictures, not yeah. a face for radio. You're like, and wherever I get my standing ovation, I'll take it. That's right. I'm open to standing ovations. Yes. Bring them on. <laughs> Bring it. Um, but yeah, have you ever considered doing a podcast? I have. I just I've struggled with the topic. You could do voice. I know. And I you see. could interview like your singing friends, and you could interview other audiobook people. Yeah. And like what we're just talking about right now, like that kind of stuff, and just like journeys. You're really good at conversation. So like thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think that when you say yes to things that make you uncomfortable, then you, things start to just like come into focus. Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. like when you asked me this, I was like, Oh, okay. I get to, but you were the first person that like, well, to be fair, you are the only person I know, but if you not had not been in that content class, the content curator class and said that, like, I didn't even know you did that. Right. So you need to let people know that's something you do because right. of, such a skill that definitely people like me need for when we're <laughs> recording audiobooks but I mean even if like because you were going to create your you are creating a course on how to I have created a course on how to become a narrator yeah that's like awesome an, yeah because once I got going I actually enjoyed it it was yeah. actually fun once I figured out how to do it properly I did not yeah, like and it. I had so yeah I created a course it's just the like brass tacks of how to become an audible narrator yeah and it's there's no fluff it's just like do this then click this then do this and then it's then you upload it here like it's very boiled down yeah to just see that would have been because reading through their tutorials i was like <laughs> i don't even know these words and what so that, that yeah that's why i was like oh now i gotta go google what the fuck this is in aud an audition <laughs> like i don't know what's happening here but i did figure it out the self-assurance i will figure it out but yes. it takes me three tries <laughs> Well, I'd be happy to send you that course too, just in case you need to narrate anything in the future. 
Oh, I yeah. or I'll just get you to narrate it because you've got a great voice. That um, works. I would love to. I'd be honored. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Angie, and uh, everyone else. Thanks for watching. And yes, use your voice. Do the thing, even yes. if you're inexperienced. Go. Yes. To- talk and sing and be bold in your voice actions.